Good morning. It is Wednesday, August 2nd. It's five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He's Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter, Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me there too, Casey Daniels 317. And right now we're both on YouTube, typing Kendall and Casey into your YouTube search bar. Real, real quick, just want to let everybody know, yes, we will have the interview in full that we did with Catherine uh, Michael, Michael and Tammy Meyer, the mm-hmm. attorneys for the Brownsburg Special Needs student, the Browns are special needs abuse case. The people are just like blown away by the stuff that they revealed about what's going on with this kid and the actions being taken by the Brownsburg Community School Corporation. I mean, just heartless, mm-hmm. really just very cold, heartless actions. And if you send your kid to school there, you absolutely or know someone who does have to listen to that. We will have it up. I know Kev's going to do a big write up on it. It's, it is up. OK, uh, the podcast is up. It's available. I'll uh, try to get that shared here when we go to break on the at uh, Robin Kendall on Twitter. You have to share this interview. Uh, not not nothing for us. Right. I mean, obviously, we get some publicity about it, et cetera. But you've got to share this so that every person who goes to, has a kid in that school district is aware of what's taking place. It is, I mean, there's few things that surprise me in politics and government anymore, Casey. But I was just when they told me what was going on. I was just, that's unbelievable. Special needs student who is forced to eat his own vomit. It all comes out in the open. Mom wants help sending him to a different school district so he doesn't have to go back there. And what does the Brownsburg school say to him? Nope. Come right back where we did that to you. And then the mother, I mean, again, we're giving you the Cliff Notes version of a very long, detailed interview, which everybody needs to hear for themselves. The mother works for the school system, Mm. moved there to work there because she bought this we're number one school system bullcrap that Brownsburg has used for years now to deflect from repeated egregious behavior. And so now she's stuck there. Can, can, Can she be put on paid leave? No. Sorry. We're not giving that to you. And then and then on top of that, then it comes out, which we have heard rumors on for years, that there was this room, closet, whatever you want to call it, where special needs students are basically being tossed into if they're misbehaving. So there are, I mean, this interview raised way more questions than it provided answers. Mm-hmm. And government, which a school corporation is, they can say it's about the kids, they can say it's whatever. This, this interview blew a hole in that narrative. It's a government entity. It is a government agency. They have taxing authority. They have building authority. They are a government entity at the end of the day. They There is such a lack of transparency on what's going on right now that every parent in that school system should demand that there be a public meeting, not a school board meeting, but a public meeting where the superintendent of that school corporation stand up in front of the entire community and explain what the hell went on and what's going on now and why they're treating this kid in the family this way. Well, you know, and Hammer brought up a good point as well, especially like uh, with Jennifer McCormick, who is running for governor on the Democratic side. You know, she's this education lady. Right. Where is her statement on this? Or any of them who are running for governor. You know, you see Eric Holcomb with his 55% approval rating. That is he's, not true, Casey. Don't even try that garbage. Well, that's what was printed in the paper. Oh, you believe everything's printed in the paper now? No, no, I don't. I'm just <laughs> repeating what was printed in the paper for our audience to be aware. But he is so proud of the free textbooks that he's giving out to everybody. And his number one school system in his state, not anything about this? 
No, nothing. Can, can you imagine, and we talk about this all the time, how government does not respond to anything the way the private sector would. Can you imagine... So okay, let's 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 use Bud Light as an example. To not, and I'm not in any way putting using Dylan Mulvaney as your spokesperson, the equivalent of forcing a kid to eat his own vomit. I'm not in any way trying to, but it's just the just for sake of this argument, it was a PR disaster. Mm-hmm. Which the kid being forced to eat his own vomit, as it should be, is a PR disaster. Think about what has happened to Bud Light. The we, the consumer, we the client have been able to punish Bud Light. And we got a story later where they are just getting, I mean, they're just, Bud Light is toast, right? And financially, you can punish the entity. Unfortunately, because we have very weak people down at the Indiana General Assembly, we, the consumer, are unable to punish these school systems that behave in this manner because we have a group of spineless legislators who on one hand freely, freely admit, yeah, you know what? The public school system is so out of control. We've got to throw more money at, than ever before at vouchers to get kids the hell out of the public school system, which as Tammy Meyer and Catherine Michael made very clear to us and I had been made very clear to me, private schools are now busting at the seams because people want out of the public schools. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, because these legislators are gutless and they're totally petrified of being called names by angry red-shirted teachers, they throw more money than ever before at the public education system. They're feeding this beast. They're feeding this problem. These school systems, these administrators, these school board people walk around with their chest thumped out because they know no matter what they do, there's never going to be any accountability because the Republicans in this state are very, very weak need individuals. They're just not holding them accountable to their actions. So anyway, and, my, point of, my, yeah, my point of all that is the interview is up. I'll, I'll tweet it out here in a little bit. Well, and that's where the parents have to be involved, you, super involved. You got to get involved. And if you're a kid, if you have a kid who has run into anything similar to this, they want to know about it. Yes. Step they, up. They want to know about it because they want to hold these people accountable. And we all should. Whether your kid goes to school in Avon or in Fishers or in uh, Westfield or Greenfield or Greenwood or Brownsburg or Northwest Hendricks or IPS or wherever it is, you have to start speaking up if you see or know about this stuff because we have to be able to hold people accountable. And by the way, Every single, and then we'll get on to Trump and the other things we got to get to. Every single news agency in this city right now should be beating down the door of the Brownsburg Community School Corporation and their central office, 310 Stadium Drive. Mm-hmm. And, and Asking for interviews. You know, what what, asking the, what is going on here? Yeah. Are you indeed being so heartless and strong arming this kid and this family as these attorneys have alleged? If not, where'd they get it wrong? Exactly. And by the way, we we extend the same invitation right now to anybody over there at 310 Stadium Drive in Brownsburg, whether it's SNAP or whoever. You want to send an attorney? Fine. You sent seven of them to the Board of Zoning Appeals and Planning Commission meetings when you were doing major infrastructure that you weren't telling anybody in the community about that was going to be impacted. Send one of those people over here. We'll talk to any of them. We want to know what the truth is because clearly we get radio silence from you guys and that's the story we have to go off of, which is the people who will talk to us. It is 13 minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Do you want to move on to Trump and Biden? It's 50-50, baby. This is the latest poll. 
So we've uh, touched on this New York Times Siena poll and uh, talked about other aspects of it. But we wanted to mention that both Trump and Biden have received 43% in a hypothetical rematch. It's a tie. Isn't that wild? Okay, so this is, this is, I saw this poll and it is wild for several reasons. Number one, it shows how awful Biden is that Trump, because look, even pre-indictment, Trump had high levels of high negative ratings amongst many people. And that is not a me thing. That is what scientific poll after poll after poll has shown is that there are many people who for personality based reasons, ethical reasons, whatever, cannot stand Donald Trump. Now you add the indictments on top of that, which while it may make his base more likely to support him, which it clearly has, Mm -hmm. and more people inside the Republican voting bloc to drift to him in a primary, which it has, it's not going to help him in a general, yet Biden's policies and Biden's own ethics issues are so awful that in a matchup between these two guys, it's a pick Yeah. It's a tie. I, I'm going to be really interested to see what happens with the polling because this one came out before the Devin Archer testimony and before this latest indictment against Trump. So I'm guessing these numbers will change, you would think, or are we just one-upping each other at this point? Well, so this is the... the tribalism is a terrible thing. And it is, it is why the founders warned against the idea of political parties. It's why if you read the Federalist Papers and the writings back and forth between the founders in various formats that, that they you know, warned against these and, and cautioned against political parties because the political party absolutely corrupts and warps everything it comes into contact with. And what I mean by that is it chokes off the, the flow of free think and free thought. And what you get is you get a group of people who will defend Joe Biden, like the Goldman guy yesterday. He probably talked about the weather. weather. I mean, come on. That's just, that, that, that is just so nonsensical that that a uh, even my five-week-old baby would look at that and laugh. I, I mean, it, but, it's but, ridiculous. But, but he's that in the even, Congress, Casey. I know, but it's so ridiculous that they even think that Americans are going to buy that. Oh, yeah, sure. That's what was going on. They're just pleasantries. I also think it's interesting, this poll, that... Uh, among Democrats, Biden is polling at 45%, but yet he only has a 39% approval rating. So it's like there are people who say, I don't like this guy, yet they're still willing to vote for him. Well, and this is where it comes back to. and <laughs> the, the, <laughs> It's infuriating. The majority of Republicans appear to have made their choice that, and you're going to have to deal with it, that if you... If you elect Donald Trump to be your nominee, you will have a pick'em race where I believe will Donald Trump will not win. If you had any other Republican, I believe that person would probably win and win overwhelmingly. Now, there are still some issues that got to get resolved in regards to ballot harvesting and vote counting and mass mail and unaccountable voting in places like Pennsylvania. But statistically, poll after poll after poll shows Donald Trump gives you amongst the viable people who could actually win a Republican nomination, probably the worst opportunity to win. Now, I love John Daly. John Daly is a was, when I was a kid, a wildly entertaining golfer. And I can't tell you the amount of major golf tournaments that I would watch where John Daly would go out on the opening round of the U.S. Open 
and he would fire a 66. And like the next closest guy would be a 69 or a 70. And you'd say, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the year that Daly puts it all back together and wins the U.S. Open or the British Open or the whatever. And you know what would happen, Casey? Because he was a volatile psycho, he would shoot like 78 the next day and then he'd be barking at some guy in the stands or he'd be throwing his clubs into a pond or whatever. Because that's what you get when you get into bed with John Daly as a golf fan. You're on a wild roller coaster ride where anything's likely to happen. Versus if you were, say, with Ernie Els or Phil Mickelson or whoever else, VJ Singh, not nearly as fun, mm-hmm. but you know, they're not likely to shoot a 78 the next day. Yeah. My point with this is that's Trump. Yeah, up you, and down. You, 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 uh, it's, it, it is something you can't get enough of. It's something that is wildly entertaining, but wow. You are asking for trouble by putting this up as the face of your party because of the emotion that he elicits from people who otherwise would not be engaged in the political process. Extreme highs and extreme lows. Yeah. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. It's after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So that special counsel, Jack Smith, he says that January 6th was fueled by lies from Trump and he praised the heroes who defended the Capitol. He's expected to have another press conference here shortly. But Donald Trump's attorney, his name, one one of his many attorneys, his name is uh, John Laro. He says that Trump is going to use this indictment as an opportunity because now they can relitigate everything. Thing I will say, though, in 2020, the, Mr. Trump's campaign had a few weeks to gear up and present evidence, and it was very difficult. We now have the ability in this case to issue our own subpoenas, and we will relitigate every single issue in the 2020 election in the context of this litigation. It, it, it gives President Trump an opportunity that he has never had before, which is to have subpoena power since January 6th in a way that can be exercised in federal court. So I'm really curious as to what uh, evidence Mike Pence is supposed to be offering up this crew. And uh, one thing that this has done is the world now sees the corruption, the scandal and the failure that's happened over the past three years. Here's the problem with what Trump is facing, though. This is not an episode of Matlock in the sense of you're not going to have this wild and wacky attorney who is going to solve the crime in 30 minutes or an hour or whatever it is. And it's not going to be one of seven people that were in the episode. And you're not going to have a you know, they never actually show the jury verdict. If you've ever, if you've never seen Matlock, which Andy Griffith later in life played a smooth-talking North Carolina attorney named Ben Matlock. It was Perry Mason. Mm-hmm. It, it said Matlock's client never did the crime, and you had to wait until the very end of the episode where on the witness stand he would point out who did it, and the person, when he would prove they did it, would always hang their head in shame, mm-hmm. and the judge would just gavel and say, case dismissed. Well, that's mm-hmm. not how it works, right? Yeah. We never knew who was on the jury or how the jury would come down or what evidence would be presented. And Trump has so many legal hurdles to hop through. All they have to do is get him on one of them. You have to have a, it could be a bad jury. The defense could do a great job and you could find 12 people that go, I hate this guy and it doesn't matter what he's accused of doing. I'm going to say he did it. And and that's what Trump is up against. It's unfair. It's 100% unfair. Well, and 
he's going to have to go up against this judge who worked at the same law firm as Hunter Biden, who was an Obama appointee and was really tough on all the other people from January 6th. Um, yes, the game is totally rigged against Trump. And you uh, you better be prepared that if Trump does not win the presidency, he will very likely go to federal prison. Yeah. I'm, it's, just, it's just the reality. I'm not saying that to be negative. I'm not trying to be Will Hurd. I'm not trying to be Chris Christie. I think it's pathetic and ridiculous. But the odds are just stacked against Trump that the only defense card that he's going to have left, you know, will be becoming president of the United States where you can't convict or indict a sitting president. He was very busy on his truth social. He said, what you want to, you ready? Oh, yes. Uh, so this was uh, three hours ago. Um, Trump, now, eh, you know, we like to read the ones that are ridiculous and totally over the top. This isn't actually all that bad. Now, it is in all caps. So, Casey, I have to ask you a, from a stylistic perspective. Mm -hmm. Do you have to shout? Well, that's it's going to be really bad for radio, right? Mm -hmm. Also bad for my voice. Mm -hmm. I will occasionally shout when Trump does the word or two in all caps. This is in all caps. It also makes it much harder to read. And I don't know why he does this. What? Why would he do that? Why would he do them in all caps? Ah, uh, he's trying to make a point. Maybe he is shouting. Maybe he's just lazy and it's easy to hit the the, <laughs> the caps button. The caps button and just leave it up there. I think you need to uh, share it with everybody. But I'm not going to shout the whole thing. But I did want to point you. out to everybody, it is in all caps. Yeah. All okay. right. Ready? Yeah. Let's do it. And I Thank you to everyone. Triple exclamation point. Mm -hmm. I have never had so much support on anything before. This unprecedented indictment of a former highly successful president and the leading candidate by far in both the Republican Party and the 2024 general election has awoken the world to the corruption, scandal, and failure that has taken place in the United States. For the past three years, America is a nation in decline, but we will make America great again, greater than ever before. I love you all! <laughs> Triple exclamation point. He does. Wow. So even Ron DeSantis, his uh, competitor, tweeted out and said, as president, I will... End the weaponization of government, replace the FBI director, and ensure a single standard of justice for all Americans. Here is a, a little bit of <clears throat> debate arguing. Now, this does not work with your spouse, but in terms of a field of business or politics or whatever, a little bit of free advice on how the best do it. And Trump actually does this better than anyone else. Never get off owning the medium, the topic, and the ground on which something is discussed. And we've talked about this a little bit with Jefferson Shreve, mm. where one of the things the cardinal sins Jefferson Shreve made with his gun proposal is it took him off the footing of being able to pound into the dirt Joe Hogg's at where, he, where he's most vulnerable, which is out-of-control crime in this city. He pivoted off. It all should have been about Joe Hawksett. Every answer to every question Jefferson Shreve would give should be about Joe Hawksett and Joe Hawksett's colossal failure. Can't do it. Lost the narrative. He's done. It's over. Um, 
But Donald Trump does this better than anyone else. He always argues and fights on his own terms. Mm -hmm. And it is very hard. No, not as very hard. It's impossible for anyone to get any oxygen. Because what are we talking about? Hey, Ron DeSantis, what would would you pardon Donald Trump? Right. What would you do to prevent this from happening to Donald he, Trump? Trump owns the message always. Every answer involves Trump and some guy being subservient in some capacity to Donald Trump. Trump is a master at it. I will tell you, as someone who has made a living arguing with people, as someone who has made a living winning arguments or being entertaining in arguments, he's he's the best. He's absolutely the best at doing that and that's why he is lapping the field in the republican primary it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc miller and coors light now beating bud light by 50 percent. bud light is getting its can kicked and that's on the way from 93 wibc It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Is it like 80s day on the show? You have been rocking out some really strong 1980s. Yeah, I decided to commit to the 80s theme today. And it's really well done, Kev. It's not like Mm -hmm. just all Madonna or... Right. Cindy Lauper. Not that there's anything wrong with Cindy Lauper. She's phenomenal. He's running the spectrum. M- yeah, I like the new wave and I like the old indie 80s stuff. And there's mm-hmm. a variety. By the way, we got a lot of follow up on this yesterday about Kev is exploring a vacation. It is the Kendall and Casey show. In just a second, <laughs> we're going to tell you how Bud Light has just taken a total dump into the toilet, uh, which is awesome. But yesterday it came to. So. Kev just totally bypasses me and ignores my humanity and just looks directly at Casey and goes, I'm thinking about taking a trip mm-hmm. to Ohio. Yeah. What should I do? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it is though, like in uh, the sixth sense where it becomes revealed at the end that he's dead and he's not even there for all these conversations that are taking place. That was what it felt like to be me. I was Bruce Willis where I'm just observing. Yeah, well, you were a fly on the wall. I think he was asking me because he knew I grew up in that area and he wanted my input. I did actually send him some places to go to last night. Uh, the Dublin Pub was one. Bill's Donut Shop was another. Omega Music and then the Miamisburg Mound Park. And I love this. It has become Casey's vacation travel <laughs> for Kevin. Like, we had seriously. Kevin. It's some weird thing where you wanted to visit an Indian burial ground. Like that was one of your goals on the trip. Yeah, well, Ohio is known for having a lot of Indian burial mounds. And there's several of them. You know, Serpent Mound, mm-hmm. uh, the one in Miamisburg that you suggested. Has steps. You can yeah. climb the stairs on yeah. that Aren't one. Aren't you, have you ever seen Poltergeist? Have you ever seen the movie Poltergeist? You know, I actually have not watched it. Here's what you have to do before you embark on this Indian burial ground adventure. You must watch that movie because that may change your mind in terms of where you go. This sounds like a very bad mm-hmm. potential embarking on your part and I just want to make sure that you have seen and you are prepared for what you may be getting into if you do this. Well, I'm not trying to disturb the mound or you know the spirits or anything like that. But why would you, you even know, take I, the chance? It's just for a historical value. I, 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 that, and that and that's fine and I love that you love history and are into history. We had Kev put every criteria into a Google search like mm-hmm. in one word after another yeah. and it actually pulled stuff up. There was like nine things you put into a Google search and it actually pulled up destinations that might yeah. <laughs> check most of those boxes. I wanted a pub. I wanted a <laughs> instrument store, yeah. uh, Indian burial mound. 
And I think that's pretty much it. That pretty much covers it. Uh, I, I did the best I could. The only one that I really highly recommend is Bill's Donut Shop in yeah. Centerville, Ohio. Um, the Mound, I haven't been to since like third grade. So well, I have no idea what sort of state we, it's we, still in. there. We need you two to go together. This is what we need. No, 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 no. Road trip. We need you two to go together on mm-hmm. whatever adventure you are decide upon and to film and stream some of this. Mm-hmm. Because 90% of this sounds ridiculously boring, but I am interested in seeing Kevin get in, getting sucked into the ground when he goes to the Indian burial ground. So I, I would like to have video of that. Yeah, I think we can make that happen. Okay. All right. Hey, real quick, before we get to Bud Light, yeah. um, we do have the interview posted. It is up. It is available. I have it up at Rob M. Kendall on Twitter right now if you want to click it here at the attorneys for the Brownsburg uh, special needs abuse victim and just the terrible treatment he's getting from that school system. It just blew everybody away. We do have it up. If you want to hear it, it's available there. Okay, so Miller Light and Coors Light outselling Bud Light by 50%. And uh, the distributor warning that they may never, ever recover from the Dylan Mulvaney backlash. I am very curious because soon I am set to return to my other little part-time gigio because thanks to the Republicans increasing the property taxes and the Biden inflation, it's really hard to live, Casey. I don't know if you've figured that out. Uh, (laughs) Do you ever do 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 this thing where you're just in the grocery store and it's not even things that you are going to buy, but just as a gauge, you just like mark. Look, the, look at the price. You mark things and see how much they've changed from one week to the next. Mm-hmm. It is unbelievable. Just to see. Yeah, I know. Going in the grocery store now is kind of like a game. Okay. <laughs> Can we get it for less? My wife and I uh, have this conversation quite a bit because she tries to do nice things for me. Mm-mm. And then I remind her how much those nice things cost. Mm-hmm. And please don't do anything nice for me. Yeah. And she... uh she bought steaks the other day and it was she's just such a wonderful person and i looked at that price tag and i about keeled over dead on the kitchen floor yeah and she she said rob are you okay (laughs) yeah i don't like the price of the meat we were we were and we were talking when hammer was in here well and you've got an you're buying formula exactly and diapers now exactly and i'll come full circle on all this we were talking with hammer when hammer was in here i am a coupon collector Mm -hmm. i'm one of the probably seven people left who still actually will receive a physical coupon and then we'll clip it and use that i know people use their phones now and Mm -hmm. whatever else that is you know i don't don't i don't do the technology so i don't know but i am a collector of subway and arby coupons and i noticed two things one Forever, Arby's had a, one of the greatest coupons in the history of ever because Arby's has a phenomenal chicken, bacon, and Swiss sandwich. And I have loved that and found value in it since I worked there 20 plus years ago. And the coupon forever was two chicken choices for $5. Right. Great. Cool. Every month that would show up in my mailbox. I would use it. Sometimes they wouldn't even collect it and I could use it twice. Um, little trick if you go through the drive through at Arby's they don't always collect your coupons uh, if you go in they will collect it uh, and then uh, once this inflation started it hopped up to six dollars and I thought okay you know that that's the way the game it is now two chicken choices for seven dollars Casey yeah seven dollars I'm, I'm telling you going through the drive through like Taco Bell it's like twenty dollars I'm like what <laughs> and you have all skinny people in your family 
like every person in your family is you have no morbidly obese or my 600 pound life people in your yeah. family well we can still knock it out of the park at Taco Bell can't we Subway's the same way forever on the Subway coupon book they would send you they would send you a solid piece of paper every month and it would have coupons on there mm-hmm. there was a 5.99 sub foot long sub coupon i noticed now that went to 6.99 that is inflation people mm-hmm. and you can chuckle and laugh and go rob a dollar blah blah a dollar here a dollar there a dollar there a dollar there now i am frugal and my wife works and we can absorb this and i am i'm a human being capable of working a second job <laughs> but many people cannot work a second job casey mm-hmm. many people are retirees they're on fixed income inflation is crushing those people yeah What, like by $1,000 a month, the average person? Absolutely. And so the reason I mentioned all of this is I'm now going back to my second job, which will involve a moderate amount of bartending. And I am going to be very curious because as I left, was at the height of the Bud Light Mm -hmm. madness and sanity. And nobody was ordering Bud Light. And people would come in at the turn and go, you know, hey, what do you guys want? And the guy would go, ah, we're going to get a six pack of whatever. What do you want? And and the guy would say something in the, hey, you sure you don't want a Bud Light? (laughs) Or Bud Light for that guy. It's a it's a punchline now. It's yep. an absolute punchline. Okay, so Molson Coors said that they're having their best revenue since 2005 when they had the merger of Miller and Coors under the same umbrella. The best since 2005. And they're, I mean, who's more happy about the Dylan Mulvaney debacle than they are? Nigel came over to my house on Sunday to see Olivia, and he was going to some get-together with his buddies or whatever, and he texts me, and he goes, Hey, uh, you want me to bring you in a beer for my cooler that I've got in the in the <laughs> trunk? And I said, sure. And it wasn't, you know, I mean, it's chuckling, but it's so in your brain now. I said, sure, as long as it's not Bud Light. I yeah. mean, it's, it's like it's like it is it is a top of just steal a sake phrase or a, a cringe on Pierre phrase. It's top of mind mm-hmm. now that whenever you. Just think about beer or whatever. Hey, anything but Bud Light, because I don't want to be laughed at. Well, the the bad part about this is that one vice president of marketing, whatever her name was, who's no longer with the company or whatever, no longer representing Anheuser-Busch, her one mistake has cost a lot of people their job. Yes. Because now Anheuser-Busch is laying off hundreds of their employees, and you know there's a lot of them as well that aren't getting any sort of bonuses that they possibly could have had due to sales. And even Ron DeSantis is saying that he is uh, looking into whether the state of Florida is going to be suing Anheuser-Busch because of fiduciary irresponsibility, because they have a lot of pensions wrapped up with Anheuser-Busch. Hammer and I and you have talked about this for a long time that I hate to be boycott guy because of that. Because there are real ramifications for people who have are innocent victims in whatever the company is. But there does come a time when behavior becomes so egregious. And, and the Bud Light behavior went beyond politics. The Bud Light thing is that you have a grown man who not only pretends to be a woman, he pretends to be a little Little, girl and gets some glee and joy in pretending to be a little girl as their spokesperson. I'm sorry, I will boycott that. Mm -hmm. I will absolutely stand against that because that is sick and that is weird and that is gross. Anheuser-Busch now has tanked more than $27 billion in market value since uh, that little video surfaced. It is 1144. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Step right up and don't be shy. 
749, it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You mentioned all this wonderful 80s music that Kevin is selecting for our bumper music today. Of course, that will be on Spotify later. All you have to do is go to Spotify and uh, type in Kendall and Casey playlist and it'll come up. I actually normally put the date first, so it'll say something like 8 to 23, Kendall and Casey. Can I brag on you for a second? Sure. I mean, I... You know, don't usually say anything nice about you. So I figured you know, we worked together for a year and a half. I should probably do that. What? Uh, you have- <laughs> What's going on? Um, you have a very fabulous thing you do, not always daily, but almost daily on the WIBC website called mm-hmm. The Side Piece. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you take interesting, often, but not always, but often non-political yeah. topics and you write stories about said things that are interesting and you often tie them into the state of Indiana and the central Indiana area. All you have to do is go to WIBC.com. You can find the side piece tab there. You click it. You can read all the Casey stuff. It's really good stuff. And your new one is mm-hmm. very interesting to me as I am a dog uh, mm-hmm. I'm, owner. I, well, I don't want to say owner. But I mean, I guess I am. Parent? But it, I'm a dog. No, I'm not. That. That's not. A, it's not a human. What am I? I am a person who has a dog as a part of my family. There we go. There. How about that for okay. word salad? Kamala would have been proud. Yeah. Um, and so it is, what is this? It's the top 10 most popular dog names in Indiana. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know what? I thought it was. Why did you do this? Yesterday, after all of the uh, Devin Archer testimony and the Hunter Biden stuff, you know, I always like to do something maybe a little bit lighter i call it a little palate sure. cleanser yeah. and we had been talking about um bruce and gracie dog and i thought gosh i wonder what is the most popular dog name yeah. in indiana and lo and behold there had been some research done on this not only the number one name but the top 10 most popular dog names and um let's just see if your dog's name is on this list here we go 10 to 1 yeah this is number two you're starting at number 10 starting at number 10 going all the way to number one yeah Buddy, Milo, Bailey, Cooper, Daisy, Lucy, Charlie, Max, Luna, and the most popular dog name in Indiana is Bella. So I have very good friends, uh, uh, Shane and his wife, Teresa, who have a dog and their dog's name is Bella. Mm, There you go. That did not surprise me. However, Luna, I have never met a dog named Luna. Have you met a dog named Luna? No, I don't know any Lunas. That means moon in Spanish. Yeah, beautiful name. So, um, pet helpful. Uh, Did you just love? He just—it's anything that involves the world and not the country. Oh, I learned that in my ninety-three months I spent in Spain. Luna (laughs) means moon. Mm -hmm. You're such a world traveler, Kev. Well, it's a—it's a great name for a very cultured dog. (laughs) So, uh. Pet Helpful recommends that when you're naming a dog, you always choose two syllables. So I don't know what you're going to do about Bruce. What do you mean you use two syllables? You're supposed to use two syllables. Why? Because it makes it easier for your puppy to respond. They understand that. Like they get no, down, come, stay. So you want two syllables so that they know that that's their name. That's what. What? Yeah. What? That, there is, that is such a sack of crap. That is there's no way that's true. <laughs> You're also supposed to select a name, obviously, that you won't be tired of repeating right. because you'll be naming, you'll be calling that name often. Well, it's interesting because to some people, names aren't that big of a deal. Like, that dog looks like a Rusty. We'll call it Rusty. To me, names are a huge deal, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, I put a lot of time into the name that my daughter ended up with, and mm-hmm. it's uh, one is for God and one is for 
something that was important to me and something I wanted for her to end up with her and her entire life. Olivia for the olive trees, the Garden of Gethsemane, and Thatcher for Margaret Thatcher, who Mm -hmm. was one of the boldest, most bravest, most fearless women leaders in the history of this world. And I wanted her to, with that, always know you must speak for people who can't speak for themselves and you must speak for what is right. But for some people, it's just, oh, yeah, that was an interesting name. I named it Maximilian, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gracie Dog, named for any... Anyone or anything or? Uh, no, my daughter named her. No kidding. Yeah. Just picked a name out of a. Yep. Just picked a name. Uh, of course, her full name is Gracie T. Dog. Oh, for Gracie the dog. Yes. <laughs> no kidding. No, yeah. That's what the T stands for. <laughs> Gracie uh, T. Dog. <laughs> and obviously, uh, mine was. Uh, I named after Bruce Springsteen. Uh, how did you know it wasn't Bruce Willis? <laughs> uh, Wild guess there. Uh, Kev, you you have had dogs. Did you name them for anything or just? Yeah. Uh, uh, the last two dogs that I had were Jack Russells. Yeah. And mm. one I named Skip, and the other one I named Otto. Okay. Any particular reason? Well, Otto, because Otto's, it's a German name, yeah, a and Kevin had German traveled name. to Germany. <laughs> and I, you know, I kind of, he, he had the German in him. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's very I can interesting. Just sense it. mm-hmm. It's a wild. I would have not gotten any of these names right as names, you know, Fido, not on there. Uh, <laughs> Spot is not Lassie, on there Lassie, not well. on there anywhere. Well, and they do differ from state to state because the top names for dogs in Hawaii are Koa and Kona. Which makes sense because that resonates more with the state's tropical vibe. Sure. Um, hey, really quick before we get out of here, let's talk about that movie Sound of Freedom, generating nearly $150 million since its debut on 4th of July. It beat Mission Impossible. It beat Mission Impossible. and Not uh, like the first week. Like it's beating Mission Impossible yeah, for the money it's made. It's beating Tom Cruise. And outside of Hollywood production on a very serious topic, beating the most popular actor of our time. Yeah. And it's made like 10 times what it cost to make the movie. Probably didn't take a whole lot to make it, but that's incredible. It's like $14.5 million to make that movie. Unbelievable. Hey, thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Good job today, and thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.